Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good morning and welcome to Next Gen Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. My name is Noor Al-Ramadan, and I am your host for Sharing College Experiences. And our show topic today is first-generation students in Ivy League colleges. And our guest today is my good friend, Victoria Ruiz, who is a first-year student at Dartmouth College. Good morning, Victoria. Good morning, Noor. How are you doing? I'm doing really good today. How about you? It's a little bit cold up here in New Hampshire, but I'm doing great. <laughs> That's good to hear. Um, so would you just please introduce yourself to the audience of who you are, where you're from, what you're studying, and just what some of your passions are? Yeah, of course. Uh, my name is Victoria Ruiz. Um, I grew up originally down in Tijuana, Mexico, but I attended school in San Diego, California. I'm currently here at Dartmouth as a first year hoping to study engineering and get a minor in Hispanic studies. That is really cool. I know you're definitely a driven student, always dedicated to your studies, so I'm really happy to hear that you're in Dartmouth College. Um, and something I also wanted to emphasize today is Dartmouth College is, if you didn't know, one of the Ivy Leagues, and so Victoria received a full ride to Dartmouth College. Victoria, do you want to share with the audience of how that happened? I mean, of course, with your hard work and everything, but what program helped you get that full ride to Dartmouth College? Yeah, so um, I applied through an early decision type of application for college. It's called QuestBridge. Um, I was able to match with Dartmouth as one of the as, as the school that I was going to be attending with the full ride scholarship. So essentially, if you match to a school, you're guaranteed a full ride when you attend. Um, I was able to match with Dartmouth, and then I also got some other outside scholarships to cover my work-study portion. So I'm basically here with a full ride, getting some refunds every term, and I am truly blessed with it. Um, I'm really grateful, even outside organizations like the First and Scholars, which I know we're both uh, familiar with, were able to help me complete this application. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, I wanted to also touch on that. First Gen Scholars is a nonprofit based in San Diego, but they um, help students all throughout the nation. Um, Victoria and I, that's how we met. We both joined this program, and they helped us with our college applications. As first-generation students, we can go through a lot of challenges and stuff, and I just wanted to ask you, like, what were some of the challenges and setbacks you faced um, being a first-generation student when you were applying to colleges? Yeah, um, my mom didn't even finish high school, so it was very difficult for me to know what the process was like. Um, a lot of students in my own high school essentially just went to community college right after, but I knew that I wanted to do something more. I just didn't know how to get there. 
Um, I think I struggled a lot to knowing how to start the college applications, what the essays would be like. When the financial aid portion came, it was even more difficult. I had no clue how to do the FAFSA. I was the only one that really spoke English in my household, so I couldn't really ask anybody for help. So those are some of the greatest challenges that I faced. But like I said, programs like First and Scholars, they really helped me be able to complete such things. And also reaching out to the counselors in my high school, they helped me out to be able to overcome these setbacks. That's really nice to hear. I know like it's kind of hard to figure out your support system in the process. And I know like when I was applying, like definitely my counselor was a huge support system with the applying for scholarships and just like my friends supporting me and like rooting for me and my parents. And so I'm really proud of you for everything that you've like gone through to get there. And I wanted to ask, I know you were matched to Dartmouth, but what made you choose Dartmouth in the first place? Like what put it in your perspective of applying there? Yeah, so I'm not going to lie to you. I actually didn't even hear of Dartmouth before I started my application process. I didn't even know it existed. didn't even know it was an Ivy League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so with QuestBridge, we had this one day where we were just talking to counselors in breakout rooms from various colleges. And I just randomly joined Dartmouth because I had heard of other people saying that they were really nice in that breakout room on Zoom. And when I joined and I really started speaking to the counselors and the other people from the admissions office, I was really impressed when I felt like they had a really good community. And that's, that's one of the things that first sold me out on it. And I ended up reaching out to another alumni from First Year Scholars who is attending here on campus. She's a second year now. And I asked her a little bit about Dartmouth, and eventually I realized that the community here was really strong. So after feeling like this could be a good place for me, I did more research on the programs and found out how the Thayer School of Engineering here on campus is really great. Um, they offer really good internship opportunities and research opportunities for first-year first students. And I thought that was amazing since a lot of Ivy Leagues they focus more on letting their graduate students do research, but here mm -hmm. at Dartmouth, the undergrads get the same opportunities. That is really cool. Um, I know, like, I also have never heard of Dartmouth, and then when I, like, also was looking into Clusbridge, I heard of it. Um, but for me, like, I was so scared to go to the East Coast and really like that change, but I'm glad that you found your community there, and, like, that's exactly how I feel at Berkeley here. So it really goes to show, like, there is a school for everyone and like there's a place for everyone and we'll find our like community on campus no matter who we are. Yeah, definitely. So, I... Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I'm just, just gonna say, yeah, I think definitely you can find a community everywhere. Even when I arrived, I was still scared to kind of, I knew the community here was really strong and welcoming, but I was still scared to come. And when I actually got here and I started talking to people and they invited me over, oh, come sit with us for lunch, come sit with us for dinner. It really started feeling like a second home for me. That's so good. Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that. And I wanted to also talk about now, like, now that you're at Dartmouth, like, what is that like? So, like, one of the biggest things, like, I know probably is really different with 
uh, San Diego, which is where we're both from, and Dartmouth, which is all the way in the east coast of New Hampshire, um, is the weather. So do you want to just, like, talk about, like, what that transition with the weather was like? Oh, my. That is a very good topic to talk about. <laughs> yeah. I, I, would, I would say I knew that it was going to be very cold, and it did get very cold. Um, I think coming, since I arrived in the summer, it was pretty good. It was nice weather, similar to California. I was wearing shorts. I was having fun in the river, kayaking, canoeing. It was, it was really enjoy, enjoyable, I would say. And then recently, this November, we started to get a little bit colder, slowly transitioning to like 20-something degrees. So it's it's been getting colder. And then, oh, just recently, like a few days ago, we had our first snow. Wow. It was, it, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really great. Um, we thought it was just going to be a light flurries falling down. And then an hour and a half later, we have like a foot of snow, you know, and Whoa. I think it was, yeah, it was, it was really joyful. I have a lot of international friends here who've never really seen snow. So it was wow. really fun to see, to see their like expressions when they finally see this happen. And we were making snow angels at three in the morning in the middle oh. of the green. Yeah. That is it's so it's fun. Just a, it definitely is. We were throwing snowballs at each other and it might have been very cold but I think being happy and excited about just randomly throwing snowballs at a stranger you hadn't met before was really nice and a good way to build community. <laughs> oh I'm so happy to hear that that is definitely something I aspire to also experience snow but I also am really afraid of the cold so maybe sometime soon but that sounds amazing. Right now, we're just going to take a quick moment to recognize one of our sponsors and partners. Woman Made Radio is brought to you today by Connected Woman of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good and are working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good, and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. Thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all our sponsors and partners. And now, back to our show. So, Victoria, earlier you mentioned how you went to Dartmouth and earlier in the summer with a summer program. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about what that program was and just what you had to do in that program? Yeah, of course. So the program that I participated here early in the summer uh, was the first year summer enrichment program. We call it FISLIP here. And it's this program for first-generation, often low-income students who are coming here to Dartmouth and just to get them more adjusted to the transition of coming from a very different circumstances to here since it is a very academically rigorous um, institution. So we want to prepare students to make them feel like they belong here. I think it was the best thing for me and it honestly really helped me transition here to college. I don't think 
I wouldn't have been able to survive my first weeks here with without FISIP and the guidance that I was able to receive from my FISIP mentors, my the people that I met here. The friends that I made at FISIP are still the people that I continue to be with every day here. Wow, yeah, I can definitely echo that experience because I did the Summer Bridge program here at Berkeley, and I will say, like, most of my friends right now are from the Summer Bridge program, and it just helped me get, like, involved on campus and, like, not be scared to, like, reach out to people more. Um, my program was from July to August, so, like, right to the week of the first week of school. How long was your program, and, like, what time did you have to leave San Diego, and what was that like? Yeah, so I actually left San Diego in August up until September, which was about the start of our term. And it was about three weeks long. Um, I think it was the perfect it was a perfect amount of, of weeks, I would say. Uh we were able to take different courses and just meet other professors here and start to really feel like we belong here. And then we all lived actually in one building. And then at mm-hmm. the end of the three weeks, we moved out onto our actual, like, dorms. And I think that was that was really nice. It gave us a good transition. We were able to really experience the campus and be repaired. Wow, I love that. And, like, speaking of that, like, what support systems are there at Dartmouth for first-generation students specifically? So here at Dartmouth, there's – a lot of support, regardless whether you're first generation or or not. And specifically for first gens, we have our first generation office. And that is literally one, probably my second home up here in Dartmouth, apart from my dorm. Yeah, I spent so much time there with my friends uh, studying or doing anything, anything you do. Um, in there, there's always snacks and food for Aww. people who need anything. Yeah, uh, we have the people who are in charge of, like, the first-in program here on campus, and they're always, their doors are always open if you need to speak to them about anything. They always provide resources. Um, In addition, we have, like, tutors for the first-generation students. I'm actually a tutor for Spanish for a fellow classmate, and I think just the availability of having a tutor and having those resources for us is really nice. Wow. So, like, what I'm hearing is that, like, Dartmouth really prioritizes, like, first-generation students on campus and actually making them visible and, like, having a space for them, which is really, really cool and really important. Yeah, for sure. I think a few days ago on November 8th, it was the first-gen day, the National Mm -hmm. First-Generation Student Day, and we had a whole lot of activities all around campus for first-generation students, we had a whole poster in, set up in one of the buildings so people could come right on it if they were first gen. And it was just, they really wanted to show that we love the first generation students. Oh, that just gave me chills because I know, like, already just one semester into college, like, it's hard. Like, there are setbacks with being a first generation student, like, not knowing, like, what to do when you come across certain things. And, um, like, getting involved on campus can sometimes be hard just because we don't have someone telling us, like, what we should be doing or guiding us. But I know, like, the resilience that we have and, like, the adversity that we go through, like, it just carries on through college, and everything's going to be okay. 
And speaking of that, like, I know you're super involved on campus. I'm glad to hear you're thriving. And could you tell the audience a little bit more of what other programs and opportunities that you've been able to get involved in at Dartmouth so far? Yeah, of course. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've been involved in recently is uh, POCO, which is, stands for People of Color Outdoors. It's the Dartmouth Outdoor, Outdoors Club. And basically, it's just a group of students who identify as of color. And we go out on trips. Uh, we go hiking in mountains. We go uh, kayaking. We have social events. We just really want to make people feel comfortable with going in the outdoors. And personally, I, in California, I wasn't very outdoorsy. I never went on a hike before. <laughs> but... But coming here, knowing that Dartmouth is in the middle of the woods, you don't have much to do other than go outdoors. And <laughs> they really made me feel comfortable for, to be outside, and I'm really enjoying my time with them. That is so good to hear. I know definitely, like, getting in college, like, I've definitely had to get out of my comfort zone. Like, for one of my classes, I have to do, like, hikes and do reports about those hikes. And I'm not a hiker. Like, I say that, but, like, it's definitely okay to get in nature sometimes and just get fresh air outside of campus. So I'm really glad to hear that you're a part of that. Um, and then I wanted to also ask, like, what programs, like internships or anything that you've come across that has been really impactful for you so far at Dartmouth? Yeah. Um, so in terms of, like, internships, um, I recently applied to two programs for that. Uh, one of them is FIRE, which is the first-year research experience, and I'm currently in the interview process. We'll be hearing back this week, this weekend, but it was a really nice experience being able to apply, get interviewed by people to join research projects for the upcoming term. But currently, one of the things that I was accepted to is I got a grant to partake in the Winter Impact uh, Leadership Intensive with the Center for Social Impact at Dartmouth. So I'm receiving funding to be able to work with a nonprofit of my choice, which I'm actually going back to San Diego and will be working with first-in scholars to continue impacting students. Wow, that is so great to hear. Well, first off, fingers crossed and good luck with the first program that you mentioned. And I'm so happy to hear that you're giving back to first-gen scholars. I know that program is definitely something I'm always gonna be grateful for, for the friendships I've made through them and the opportunities I've been able to have through them. So I'm really, really excited for you. And I also wanted to ask, like, what's, like, your plan? Like, I know a lot of people ask me this, too, and, like, you probably get this, too, but, like, what do you want to do after college? Like, what's the goal? Yeah, um, I think STEM has always been something that I'm very passionate about, and I do want to pursue something in engineering here on campus. And I think my ultimate goal is to become a biomedical engineer. Um, I think coming from my own family, since I do have people that have had amputations and have to be in wheelchairs, um, I'm really inspired to be able to help out create and design prosthetics to help people, give, to get people the opportunity to be able to walk again and be able to regain motion in their arms. And I think that is one of the things that I'm really going to work hard towards, uh, probably get some sort of internship in the upcoming years and continue to reach out to companies so that eventually I can 
really hone in and be able to take a career as a biomedical engineer. Wow. I am really, really excited to, like, see what's coming for you. And just in case our listeners may want to reach out to you after our show, um, how would you like them to contact you? Do you have, like, a LinkedIn, a social media handle that you want to share with the audience? Um, yeah, of course. Um, my LinkedIn, uh, you can look me up as Victoria, Victoria Ruiz. Um, I'm always open to talk about any of my experiences, give feedback to other first-generation students, or if there's any opportunities open, I'm always uh, able to talk about them. Wow, thank you. And just piggybacking from, like, the beginning of, like, going through the application process to, like, where we are now, for anyone in the audience who's listening who knows someone who's working on their college applications, I know November and December are like peak moments of college app season. Um, what is some advice that you have for those going through the process right now? I think take it a step at a time. I know that at some moments I started waiting until last minute and I was rushing to write my essay. <laughs> so I would say give yourself a break once in a while and try to get those done as much as you can. Um, I would also say that Truly show yourself, share your story, share who you mm-hmm. are. I think the essays are a perfect opportunity for to be able to share your story, the things that you've been through, how you overcome them, how you, how you have grown from them. Um, even not just the personal essay, but the other smaller questions that you have to answer, there's still a perfect opportunity for you to shine and showcase a little bit more of yourself that is different from your personal essay. So I think just taking advantage of really making sure you show how well-rounded of a person you are. Exactly, yeah. I definitely can echo that. Um, And then I wanted to ask, like, what is your favorite part of Dartmouth? Like, after going through the whole college application process, like, moving across the country, like, adjusting to the schoolwork and the coursework and the weather, like, what is that makes Dartmouth, like, that makes you happy because I know you're so happy there, but what is, like, one thing that really stands out to you about Dartmouth? Um, I think overall, like I said, I love the community here. I think I'm making some of my closest friends here, and that is one of the things that I'm most grateful about. Um, I think having people that I can relate to who understand me is really great, and just the ability to be able to make friends that are also very different from you. Uh, I have mm-hmm. friends from Brazil. I have friends from Sri Lanka. I have friends from Puerto Rico, from El Salvador. So it's just friends from all around the world. And I get to know more about their cultures, about their traditions. And I feel like I'm learning more about the world even here at Dharma's. That is so cool. I'm happy to hear, like, such a – vast place like a really cool like known place like an ivy league has such a diverse like demographic with like first generation students international students people from out of state and i'm sure like i feel like i could assume like it might be hard to find your people as a first gen person of color at a predominantly white institute institution um but i'm really happy to hear like do you feel like that must becoming overcame at Dartmouth, like with all these like demographic changes that they're bringing on campus. Yeah, I think um, 
it makes it feel more inclusive. It makes it feel more like home. Uh, I know San Diego is like very diverse and having so many demographics here, it, it really makes it feel like it's like it accepts me and like I can belong here. Exactly. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. At the end of the day, like we're all at our colleges and we are like finding our community and we are just like having a really good time studying and making the most for our future. Um, any last things that you'd like to share with the audience, Victoria, about college life or just the application process or just about yourself? Um, I mean, I would, my advice for anybody coming to college, any, I would say is to take advantage of the opportunities and to really ask for help when you need it. I know that for some of my essays and my exams, I was really struggling with studying or completing some of them. So I definitely took advantage of the resources and support systems offered here. Um, we have a writing tutoring group here where you can schedule a session and get with the tutor so they can talk about your essay, you can improve it. And I think that's one of the things I have taken advantage from the very beginning. And it has really helped me grow in my writing. And I think that resources like that are really helpful. I would also say take advantage of office hours with professors, not just to get help in the course, but also to get to know them as a person. I was able to take out one of my professors out to lunch and it was just amazing getting to know her out of the classroom. Wow, that is really cool. So after like hearing all this, I know like you have such a bright future ahead of you. Like I've always known this, you're such a hardworking and driven person. And I'm really happy that the audience was able to hear that from our conversation today too. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for being on our show today. I really enjoyed hearing about what it's like being a first-generation student, especially at an Ivy League college, and how you're thriving and making the most and finding your community on campus. Thank you so much for having me, Nori. It was great hearing from you. <laughs> of course. And that is our show today. I just want to reiterate and say thank you to Victoria for being my guest today and a special thanks to all our listeners, both in the U.S. and internationally, as we are an international show. After our show today, you can listen to Next Gen Radio under the brand of Woman League Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. We are expanding quickly to a daily radio show and podcast. So for now, we'll be back again for another live radio show, Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, and Saturdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. It's been my sincere pleasure to be your host today. Thank you for listening and have a great week, and go Bears! Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.